For sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm feeling better, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) I know the last time we spoke, it was uh, a little dour, but, you know, it's it's amazing what three straight preseason wins will do for one's confidence. Right, Peter? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I even got to see part of two of them. Uh, And last night, I got to watch a black screen. That was really fun. Um, yeah, very quickly before we get to our first uh, uh, topic here, as a member of uh, a, a, a regional sports network, I uh, l- let me let me wrap with you, children, for a moment. Um, it is it is very confusing um, the way the blackout rules are either implemented or uh, enforced. Um, last night was just uh, just a, a really unfortunate uh, chain of events. Um, it was it was uh, as I like to call it the the Rube Goldberg of tragedy is what what last night was because it was a just a compounding set of events that led to many fans being geo locked out of actually watching the game and as such many people were uh, pretty uh, ticked off to uh, not be able to see a couple of firsts. Granted, it is preseason, so it's not like they count, but that doesn't mean we still don't like to see how preseason goes because. You know, Pete, you and I have tried to watch as much as possible. Uh, having seen this team in person, um, at least uh, with the uh, blender of uh, prospects that are in there and then drastically stretching the definition of what the eight veteran minimum means, <laughs> um, I uh, I was pretty impressed with just uh, like they played kind of loose. I mean, that first game, Zadina was kind of – you know, uh, uh, a little nervous, but uh, from what I understood last night, he uh, did a lot better and actually got a got a power play goal, uh, ripping a one timer. So it is it is still important, even if it doesn't count, to be able to watch your team. And just I'm uh, believe me, it, it 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 stinks for those of us who actually work in the system because uh, sometimes logins don't work, sometimes. Uh, you know, there's a, um, an assurance or a uh, understanding that, yeah, yeah, this, this should work. But um, it's amazing how quickly and steadfastly lawyers and uh, sticklers for protocol can uh, suddenly find your private cell phone number that you thought you didn't have listed anywhere. And they're telling you to take the game off. So um, I feel your guys' pain. Pete, I saw yours last night. It was on full display. And, and you know, I, I guess I just want to take this moment that on behalf of me, I'm sorry, <laughs> and um, I, I, I'd hate for you to see that again. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I guess this uh, the other flip side could be, and I feel like this could be a funny response if the NHL uh, decided to respond to you in the sarcastic by saying, well, with a black screen, Peter, that means your imagination is a clean slate with which you can imagine the fun and majesty of these teams battling it out in the preseason of the National Hockey League. But um, my feeling is they won't do that, so... Uh, you know, I, I hope you're doing okay. I know it was tough, um, but uh, you know, I, I mean, you sound like you're in good spirits. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I, I'm over it by now. It's just, <laughs> I, I think, I think for me, and I, I do understand, and 
and and one thing to, one thing to keep in mind is like it, it it can be very difficult but like the people who are running these uh these team sites or the you know the team twitter accounts it's not their fault and obviously it's tough because they're the only outlet that you have to kind of make your voice heard um and i definitely could have phrased some of the things i said a little differently but um you know, it's it it, it 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 was disappointing when they like basically the expectation that that was provided by the team or you know wh- wherever that came from was that this would be a game that people could watch and then you couldn't watch it and at least for me it took until I think ten minutes left in the third period to get a response uh, and I understand that there are probably other many many other people probably voicing their their uh, their concerns and their um, their disappointment. Uh, but, you know, it, it would have been nice to have, you know, maybe something on the website that I kept refreshing. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. you know, just just an announcement. Uh, I think that would have made because I, I, I can only yeah. speak for myself. But I think that was for me, that was the most frustrating thing is I kept thinking, OK, well, there has to be a way I just need to keep trying. And like if I had known, OK, it's not working. OK, great. I mean, it sucks, but that's better than not knowing. I think for me, that was the the main source of frustration. Yep, um, yep, I, I, I totally get it. So let's uh, let's hope all parties involved uh, take this as a learning experience. And uh, you, you know, either way, it's a brave new world we're all living in with the ability for games that are hundreds and or thousands of miles away being able to be broadcast straight to your mobile or computer device. And right, um, it is um, it's all magic. Right, it's 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 all it's all things that uh, we are uh, continually inventing, and hopefully, um, obviously by October fourth, something's yeah. figured out. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, if uh, I, I thought we'd we'd make this announcement, uh, or not an announcement, but maybe like disclaimer, because we are we are getting closer to the season. Uh, obviously, we are in in the preseason, and so this is a time where we'd probably get. Uh, you know, people coming to to wing it in Motown, new readers, new, uh, you know, new readers finding the site and trying to get information about the Red Wings because, you know, preseason's going on. There's a lot of stuff happening. And as a result of that, there there could be people just discovering this podcast. Uh, the way it's set up is we have the Winging It in Motown network. Uh, so if you're not listening to uh, this podcast on your on your phone or whatever device, um, if you go into whatever podcast app you're using and you just go to Winging It in Motown, uh, it'll give you you can subscribe to the channel, etc. And if you do that, you will be subscribed to not only one, but two podcasts, right? So for, for a long time, there's been the, uh, the whim radio podcast, which talks almost exclusively about the Red Wings. They, you know, typically in an episode, they'll, uh, we, they, or we, sometimes I'm on the show, will talk about, you know, like do a segment like around the league or something like that. Uh, but it's mainly the Red Wings. And so this, this show, right. Uh, a 200 foot podcast is about the entire NHL. So if you're just joining us, if you're just listening for the first time, um, typically we don't talk about the Red Wings uh, every episode. Obviously, since Jay and I are both Red Wings fans, it'll inform the way that we look at the league. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, I mean, last episode was actually very Red Wings heavy, but that was because there was a lot of you know the the, the big topics in we, the NHL. Were, we just can't help it. 
if yeah. there is a big Red Wings story, <laughs> the Red Wings are part of the league. It's not. It's. I don't think it. I don't right. think it's that hard. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to make sure for people listening, uh, if it's your first time and you're like, well, why? Okay, they're talking about the Red Wings at first, but now why are they talking about this? So uh, just so you know, so uh, if you are new, thanks for listening. Hope you hope you like the show. Uh, so for our first segment, actually, today uh, we are going to be doing our our season, uh, season preview, as it were. Um, that's going to be... A little bit later, uh, we're going to start off with uh, with this story first, and then we're going to have our interview with Dom Uh We're going to get to the interview a little bit early. We're going to try a di- slightly different format today where we get to the interview a little earlier. Um, so that, that'll be coming up. But our first segment is the, there's a story, I think it was last week, um, maybe two weeks ago now. I think it was like the 13th, yeah, about, about 10 days ago, uh, 11 days ago, if you listen to this on Monday when it comes out. And it... it, it it definitely was a big story for for a day or two, and then because this is the this is the time of year where big news happens, and you had the Carlson trade, the Zetterberg uh, retirements uh, in quotation marks. You had the Eiserman story. You had you know all these other stories kind of bumped it uh, out of the news cycle. But we wanted to make sure we talked about it. So, like I said, on I think it was September thirteenth, uh, there was an article in the Athletic written by goaltender Robin Lehner. Uh, who is a a nine year veteran goaltender? He's uh, from Sweden, and he's uh, he was on Buffalo for a while. Um, I'm trying to remember if he was on a, another team before, but I, I remember he was mainly on Buffalo, from what I remember uh, of his career. And he he signed with the Islanders in July for a one year deal. Um, previously, he was kind of in the news, as it were, for some you know comments that he made on social media that were you know, about politics, which of course is you know, something that can either make people like you more or can alienate you from people. But um, he he wrote this article and I remember this is I remember reading this and and this is it was one of those days where a lot of times on Twitter, you'll see some somebody post an article and they'll say, if you only read one article today, read this. And most of the time, it's it's not that the article is not great, but it, it's it's a little bit hyperbolic, it seems. And and I, I I'm definitely guilty of doing this too. But this was a day where I think I, without exaggeration, I think I saw 20 people in my timeline post that exact same thing. Like you need to read this article. You need to read this article. And so you know, I read the article. And if you haven't. You should definitely read it. It is not paywalled. Uh, it's 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 outside of the paywall, so you can read it for yourself. Um, and basically, the short version, because like I said, it's definitely well worth reading all of it, is that Laner uh, opened up about suffering from bipolar disorder um, and addiction, uh, the two of which are probably intertwined. Uh, that's well, I, sh- I probably shouldn't even say probably the, the two of which are intertwined. Uh, one kind of goes hand in hand in the other with the other in his in his case. Right. It's not obviously always the case, but in his case, it did. And he talks about. Basically, how he. How he came to the decision that he needed to get help. And then he also talks about the fallout of it uh, and contrasting it with another story that happened uh, earlier this year or another story that came out. I forget exactly who the player was after I'm done. Dan, uh, Jay, if you can remind me, it's uh, it's not Dan Carcillo. There's another player who he and Dan Carcillo are doing a lot of outreach for head injuries, but he talked about how he tried to get help 
and the people in, in the league, I'm not saying the NHL officials, I'm just saying like people on his team or uh, in, in management basically blacklisted him and like shunned him and did not did not, you know, he, 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 he had the courage to ask for help and he did not get the help that he needed. So the good thing about this article, because it's, it's very hard to read, uh, but the good thing about this article is that he, uh, Robin Lehner did get the help he needed. Uh, he talks about how supportive the NHL was, how, how great their program was. Um, but then the detail was uh, Jason Botterill, who's the GM of the Sabres, even after Laner wasn't a saver anymore, he continued to follow up with him and check in and see if he was okay. Um, and so that for me, that was very heartening to see after how disheartening it was to see the details in the last story. So um, I, I definitely have some more stuff to say about this, but I definitely want to throw to Jay. So Jay, what were what was your reaction to reading this story? It obviously takes a lot to uh, deal with this type of thing, and then it's a completely different thing entirely to want to talk about it in public, let alone on a you know a, a website and stuff. So it, you know it, we can obviously commend Laner for uh, bringing uh, awareness, which is at the end of the day, I don't think it should be the the onus should not be on uh, the suffering to explain <laughs> what, what what's happening. I think um, uh, willful and uh, expert and knowledgeable observers can can do just as much awareness and not have to wait for someone who is directly uh, uh, battling something like this to actually give it credence. Um, I. <sighs> myself you know i i i suffer from uh, uh from anxiety myself and it's it's not anything near what what laner has but i i understand where he's coming from in terms of um not knowing if what you're feeling is is normal or if it's just in the moment like if it will pass but you know there's always that breaking moment where you find out that wow this is absolutely not something that's going to pass and uh, in it he describes uh, in the article he describes kind of his uh, crux moment where he realizes that this is not just you know game jitters or uh, uh, just uh, the adrenaline flowing to the wrong place like there's there's something wrong here so um, I think this is the type of article that anybody who's um, either uh, can not confused, but maybe maybe curious as to the effects of you know even if you are a big shot player for a NHL team, you are not immune to any of the problems that can afflict everyone. Like we're, right, we're, yeah. we we all have the same susceptibility to 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 be um, suffering from from these types of ailments, and I think it's. Uh, like you said, I mean, kudos to, I mean, I guess I would love more information about why exactly, you know, if there's been an about face from the NHL in terms of trying to treat people differently in comparison between Lehner and Carcillo, but, you know, there's, we obviously know how the league is with dealing with concussions and other apparent ailments. There's been Pete, we've talked about this ad nauseum. There's just the deflect and I da, 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 do all this stuff. So it's kind of curious and interesting to see the things that they are willing to like help out with, which is actually very disconcerting because it's like, oh, l l listen, if you're if you're suffering from a head injury, I don't know if we can help with that. But if you've got 
and you know, if you've got some bipolar disorder, I think we can help you out with that. It just, it kind of paints a really weird picture of like what they deem to be important enough to actually pursue. But maybe that, again, so much information has come to light in the last few years. Things could have actually changed. I would like to see a more consistent acting um, outreach from the NHL in this regard, especially now with uh, Leonard's uh, article out there. So, you know, I, I, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's something that people should really pass up on, uh, on reading. I think there's a lot of times where we just look at these players and just assume that everything's fine. They are making, they're yeah. making absurd money. They're playing the game they love. And, you know, I think there's, I think there's this, I think there's been this like conceited writing off of, of players for a long time. Don't get me wrong. There are players that are out there that are, you know, actual jerks and the, and the, the status of fame has only uh, amplified their, uh, their ridiculousness. But, you know, there are those that are still just, they, they, they play the game they love. They're being paid uh, the amount that they feel is fair, but that doesn't uh, lock them out of being, uh, affected by other problems that maybe don't even have anything to do with the sport. This could have been something that was that that happened before, but it's through the rigors of playing hockey that it exacerbated his condition. So, you know, we we all know what uh, exposure and and fame and success does to to people. So, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, it's it's nice to have something to remind us that they are people. They are not just these expensive robots that gets thrown onto the onto the ice to, to play the game though judging where this sport is going i wouldn't mind that i actually wouldn't mind like basically making you know androids in the in the vein of uh, just having them upgraded skills and then you know the team just upgrades them kind of like the sliders in nhl 19 but um yeah it's like you said it's a good article but it's 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 a little tough to read but uh i think it's uh very essential yeah and yeah and um, it was interesting that you said that we assume that everything's fine because while you were talking, I looked up the article I was I was thinking about, and it's in the Players Tribune. It's Nick Boynton, uh, and the title of that article is "Everything's Not Okay." And if you didn't read that when it came out, I think you should definitely you know hop on the Google machine and and look it up and read it because uh, I think they're both they're both stories that need to be need to be heard, need to be read because. Um, Obviously, the, the, the you know what Robin Leonard went through is is awful and horrible and incredibly tough to deal with. But him telling his story publicly, I think, is a very positive thing because you know mental health is it still has a stigma and it's it seems to me, in my opinion, that it's gotten better in that regard. But there still is a stigma on it. Um, because it's it's an invisible injury as opposed to it's not like a student walks into my classroom and she has a, a cast on her leg and I can see, oh, you broke your ankle. Um, and that's obvious. But if a student in my class is suffering from depression, obviously there are signs, but it's not it's not the same. There's no like LED light over your head that tells people that. And so because of that, it can be it can be difficult Um because they're they're and like I said, it's getting better, but for a long time there was not very much of an understanding. Uh and I do think it's getting better in that regard, but you know, we still have a ways to go. Uh I, I'm reminded of an ad, like I like most people, I typically hate ads and try to do anything I can to avoid watching them. But a, a, a while back, maybe 
I don't know, six months ago, I started seeing this ad with Michael Phelps where he talks about, you know, this is somebody who was at the pinnacle of his sport, which is one of the most celebrated events in our country. The, the Summer Olympics, you know, swimming, gymnastics. I mean, those are like things that everybody knows, everybody even people who aren't really sports fans, like that's, that's the big draw. That's the big deal. And so, you know, he's obviously incredibly successful at that, at that sport and he achieves so much, but then to hear him say, I, I needed to talk to somebody. I needed help. I needed to, you know, I needed a therapist. And I, I think pretty much everybody could benefit from talking to a therapist about something, at least at some point in their life. And, I'm so because of that, I'm glad to see this article. I'm glad to see the reaction to it, which was at least from what I saw was pretty uniformly, pretty uniformly positive. There wasn't people being jerks about it, at least that I, I mean, I'm sure there was because it's social media, there always is. But compared to other stories, it was it was pretty incredible how almost close to 100% the, the outpouring of support was. Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm obviously sad that he went through it. I'm glad that he was able to come out the other side, and it sounds like he's he's in a, in a better place now. Even though it's a it's you know it's a lifelong condition. It's it it, it can be managed, but it's never going to be cured. At least at least not with the technology we have now. Um, but I'm I, I'm glad to see that he's in a better place now. And like I said, I'm also glad to see that it allowed people to talk more about themselves. And then I think that leads us even further towards a world in which people are understanding of, of these issues. Yeah. If, if there's one thing that I would like everybody to take away from this type of article is that the veil of everything's okay is obviously a, (laughs) it's, it's a detrimental device. (laughs) And, and what's when, what stinks is because of the stigma, you know, uh, the phrase I keep saying often is like, Hey, when you ask somebody how they're doing and like, they actually want to tell you like make an effort to actually listen. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it, it, it's so weird because it's just this innocuous thing that we've all been just kind of either conditioned or, or, or trained or, or taught just growing up. It's just like, Hey, it's, it's weird because we we only taught like one part of what that amount of compassion is supposed to do because we'd literally just start with, hi, how are you, right? But it's just this, like, we're not able, like, we're all just, it's kind of like this familial thing where it's like, you know, like, hey, I'm living through it, you're living through it, hey, I'll see you later, just checking mm-hmm. in on you, da-da-da. But, like, people obviously don't always thrive on just that. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think that there's those moments where for the most part, yeah, we're all pretty much under the same roof of, Hey, when I say, Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. That's like an established, you know, societal norm, but I'm actually kind of glad that maybe that maybe we have, maybe we can start just actually being honest in those little conversations and then maybe saying like, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm looking to, you know, I'm looking to talk to somebody about it. You know, if you don't have time now, that's fine or whatever. Just, you know, I think there's, there, there's, a, there's always those moments where we feel like we're at our most lonely, where you know, we, we don't want to feel that. So, in, you know, kind of along with, with what Robin Williams once said about, you know, I think the reason why you make people laugh is because, you know, the, the, 
the, you've you've felt the absolute sadness and you just don't want to have anybody else feel that same thing so that's why you want to help and i think that's something we can obviously employ in our in our daily lives and um so kudos to to robin um like you said the islanders took a chance on him he wants to you know he wants to as he closes out his article he's as he begins to battle what's behind him he's beginning to battle what's in front of him too so i know i'll be watching through whatever form of <laughs> available streaming to to see him out there and um you know here, here here's to a here's to a first round matchup against the islanders right pete let's <laughs> let's do it Oh boy, that, that 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 would be that would be funny. Uh, like you'd never hear the end of it because they'd be like, "Hey, turns out Tavares wasn't so important after all." <laughs> That's what I want to have happen, and then I also want the Senators to make it too, because then <laughs> then that would just mean the entire city of Ottawa would be yeah. um, in, in engulfed in controversy. So, um, yeah. Okay, so uh, so now we're gonna play the interview that we recorded with uh, Dom Luce Chisholm from the Athletic. So we'll see you on the other side. And joining us today for our interview is our uh, a returning champion. This is uh, Dom is our third returning guest. I, I think it's probably three with an asterisk because uh, we had Dan Saracini back on for like 10 minutes to talk about the Belmont thing when that happened for the Islanders. Um, but yeah, so joining Chris Watkins and Craig Custance in the, uh, the circle of returning champions, I think one more time, I think you get a jacket like on Saturday Night Live. Um, or what is that? Seven times I think you have to be, or whatever. No, no, they they have they have a five timers club. So five I'm sure timers? that we okay. can. I'm sure we can make our yeah. own. All right. So so anyway, uh, without further ado, we have uh, Dom Luschizen joining us. Uh, he's a writer for the Athletic uh, because that we have we have a contract where we have to have an athletic person on at least every other episode. Um, but uh, just just to make sure that I, I don't forget this at the end, uh, you can follow him on Twitter um, at his name. It is spelled just like it sounds, right? So Domus Chisholm. I'm sure everybody just wrote that down. You typed it in. Uh, but if you're if you're not sure, it is uh, D-O-M-L-U-S-Z-C-Z-Y-S-Z-Y-N. All right, and you can see that in the show notes too. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pre- pretty good. I just had a burger for lunch, so the usual Saturday for me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in our last interview with uh, Katie Strang, we asked her um, what the, the the five most disappointing meals would be, uh, and it could because on the uh, on her Craig Custance interview, she said that salad was a disappointing meal, and uh, I think burgers got a rate pretty high on the uh, the opposite end of that spectrum. It's it's when you do have a disappointing burger, it's almost the end of the world. But they both come few and far between, especially if you you know where to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so so we got a, f- a few things to talk about. Uh, in the last episode, uh, for our listeners, in the last episode, if you remember, um, we talked about uh, Dom's fantasy hockey projections. So we are definitely going to make sure that we get to that um, uh, a little bit later. Uh, fantasyhockeyprojections.ca, right? We got to do multiple plugs. I, I remember Scott Cullen was like the master at the sneaking the plug in for, uh, for the, his TSN column. He's so, a, he's uh, a well-traveled veteran, very practiced. <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, it's like riding a bike to him. So he's, yeah. he's, he's good. So, yeah, but, but first we're going to talk about the series that you've been doing for the athletic where you have been, uh, uh, using a model to project, uh, the you know, basically do a season preview for the teams and show uh, you know different projections for uh, you know the the probability of how they could do. Um, so now I have a theory that this started 
as a bet between you and Corey Pronman about who could have the the individual fan bases most upset at you one day at a time. So is that true? Uh, it is not true. Uh, <laughs> I think because uh, I was doing this kind of at the Hockey News, except at that point in time, I only got like 400 words. And now I have all the words I could ever imagine <laughs> now. <laughs> and I think I started last year with The Athletic where it was all mine and Corey Pronman came in a couple weeks later and I guess mm. he saw everyone was yelling at me. He's like, mm. I would love to be on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's like back when they used to do the ice bucket challenge, except it's the uh, the individual fan base hatred challenge. Uh, somewhere there's a video of you nominating him for that. Uh, but, um, so it's so like I said, you know, we're definitely going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fantasy, uh, hockey projections, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to start off with a question that, uh, I've, I've asked people before, uh, and, and it's something that I'm interested in because I mean, I'm somebody who has, I don't know, 600 followers, you know, every now and then somebody gets mad at me for something I write and I might get a couple people angry or something. Um, but you know, as, as a writer who has, you know, a broader reach, um, in, in this age of social media where it's so easy for somebody to just be a total jerk to somebody they don't know because of some words they wrote, um, like, how do you, how do you deal with when you get just attacked when you, you know, you write an article like this and your mentions are what I imagine to be some kind of a dumpster fire, at least some days, like, like, how, how do you deal with that? How, like, has it gotten easier? Is it like, you know, have you developed like a like a way to cope with that? Because like it seems to me like that would be a real big downside of of doing this type of work. Uh, it's definitely there's definitely a lot of downside to it. It's not the best feeling when you spend hours or days on something and then the first mention is this is stupid or whatever. <laughs> but that was more of a problem last year than it was this year. I'm not sure if. I'm just gaining notoriety after saying Edmonton would suck last year. And now people are like, Ooh, I guess we'll listen to what he has to say. <laughs> Even though like I was wrong about like a lot of things, but like that one just, if you just get one thing like really right, that'll stick out in people's minds, I guess. So this year I honestly have not been yelled at that much. Hmm. The, the worst day was surprisingly the day that I wrote about the flames for whatever reason, every other because I go to the comment section on the athletic because everyone there is usually chill and ask questions if they don't understand. But I guess if you say the Flames made a bad trade to get Dougie Hamilton out of town, that's not going to sit well with the fan base, and they were a little salty about that. But mm-hmm. that that was the only thing so far where I've been actually like, yeah, I'm turning these comments off. I don't need to see this anymore. But usually it's just it's. For me, it's not too hard to put people in their place if they come at me, because usually they are on the lower end of the IQ scale. <laughs> and if they're if they just keep going, then I just ignore them or mute them or just laugh at them privately in my own house. And yeah, I, that's about it. I am I am a huge fan of the mute. Um, it took me a long time to discover it, and now I'm like, where have you been? <laughs> Um, so Dom, uh, I wanted to, you know, I like that we're uh, actually talking about the, uh, reactions to, to your posts and stuff. Is there one, uh, post or reply that in your mind, you're like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is the one I'm going to catch a lot of heat for, or is there one where you're like, I don't think people are going to react to this one as much. And, or, or, or like, are there any surprises? Like, did you think that, oh, maybe the, 
Because I read your Red Wings one, and I was very surprised at how much at peace I was. I mean, granted, it was before Zetterberg retired, but <laughs> I read it, and I was like, these are all very sound things. Uh, this is what I was thinking, and it's nice to see that, obviously, someone, you know, at least more skilled in, in another area than I am can just arrive at the same conclusion, but obviously have more than the, uh, you know, the eye test to, to judge it. Yeah, it's been interesting because obviously I can't watch every single team as in-depth as I would like to. And in some cases, like the Red Wings, I don't even want to. But it's usually been fine. It's a good test for how much numbers can tell you. And I have a section at the bottom of each one where I let someone who follows the team sort of keep me in check and tell me and have their save where I could be off. And most of them have just been yes men and agreeing with me, which I'm okay with because it means that I did a good <laughs> job. But yeah. it was not my intention when I had the idea because I remember getting yelled at a lot the year before. But um, I did a poll before I started all of this just to see where most people were at. Um, and I basically said, how many points do you think your team's going to get? How many points do you think every team's going to get? And then... From that, I can sort of gauge how to tone my article. So if I have a team that's really high and everyone thinks they're going to suck, then I write why they might not suck. If there's a team where everyone thinks they're amazing, like, say, St. Louis, and my model thinks they won't be good, I explain where there's a disconnect. And I think that has really helped this year just to have an idea of what people expect and frame each preview around that. Hmm. Well, that's, that's good. I mean, I, I think for the most part, when I'm, I know, I, I think it'd be really funny if there was a way to, because I know like Puck Soup does like their live things. Like, it'd be really funny if we did like a, like an NHL draft thing, but of you revealing all your stories and like having a representative from each team going like, yeah, that, yep, that was pretty much what we, what we were thinking. And then obviously everybody in the crowd will react as such. But I feel like based on where, you know, the, the, the posts have gone so far, I don't know, I feel the, I, I would just like to see a little bit more of a Times Square feel to it, right? Where I, w- I wish people would be just, you know, like, hey, like, think of it like you're revealing. It's like the, I would like to think that at some point your uh, prediction slash model should be have should be having the most hype just as much as when NHL 19 reveals their player ratings. That's, that's that, but that's just my personal feeling. But I, I, don't, I don't know how Pete feels about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it would be interesting if you had, uh, you know, people from each organization there because, uh, you know, if you had Ottawa, you know, they could try to get out the pitchforks, but then it would turn out that they're all rakes and they just step on them over and over again. Um, Such, but, Such so Bob, yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, okay, so what do you think, uh, Dom, what do you think team fan bases – um, and, and I, I know that this might vary from team to team. So there might just be one thing or there might like, you know, there might be one like really obvious answer to you, or maybe it's like different types of things for different fan bases. But what do you think team fan bases are most blind to about their own team? I don't think it's that they're blind about their own team. I think it's that they're blind about other teams. Mm. Like they will say, okay, we have this good player. We have this good player. This guy could be a top six, four. This guy could be a top four D. And they don't seem to realize that other teams also have those pieces, and those pieces sometimes are better than the one those teams have. Uh, when I did the the polls, it was hilarious to me that if you were asked to rate 
Um, every team in the league, the average was 90 points. And if you were asked to rate your own team, the average was 95 points. Okay. And there were just, I think, I think like 21 teams who were projected to over 50% of the playoffs, maybe even more than that. Like, it was just a, a silly number from the fan bases. <laughs> and I don't blame them. They, they have every right to be optimistic. In September, literally anything could happen. But it's just a weird quirk where you're, you always love your players a little bit more without realizing what other teams already have. Hmm. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, I good, think that definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There is a bit of a face blindness when it comes to judging the rest of the NHL against your mm-hmm. your own team. I mean, granted, like in you know now that the, the Wings are off their streak, I mean, I feel like uh, I I mean me personally, I don't know about Pete, but it's like you know it's one of those like uh, you know Morpheus is sitting in front of you with the pills, and then you wake up and you're like, oh wow, 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 oh okay. Well, it's it's nice to see the world not through red and white colored glasses. That's that makes sense. And and then you look back, and then you're just like, oh gosh, I was so young and stupid and uninformed. And I don't know. I, I mean, I guess this is a neat time. I mean, if anything, Dom, I, I would like to think that for many of the teams right now, especially with you know the way the either the CBA is, is structured and how players can can enter the league. I mean, now is the time to actually start to get excited, right? Like, cause mm-hmm. if your team sucks, you're like, okay, so we're starting at the bottom. <laughs> this is great. Instead of somebody showing up and being like, okay, so I'm going to pick the team that is now perfect. And then we'll always be perfect. And I've made a good decision with my life. And <laughs> I don't think those are smart people. Um, okay. So one of the things that I, I really find interesting is, um, if I remember correctly, I'm 99% sure about this, but, uh, if I'm wrong, you can correct me, but, um, I, am pretty sure I remember at the beginning of this series, you had like this big article about like your model and like how models work and the idea of, you know, you're running, what was it? 10,000 simulations or, or whatever the ridiculously high number is. Um, so I, I, I guess like, what do you, like, what do you think people st- like really seem to misunderstand about the idea of how a model works. Like, I know you wrote that article, but, you know, just for some of our listeners who, who might not have read uh, read that article, because I know this is like, this seems to be like a common misunderstanding for some, you know, some hockey fans who like, you know, might be kind of getting into, uh, you know, looking at, looking at statistics or models outside of just, you know, your regular box score stuff. Um, it seems to be like, like kind of understanding how a model works and how it, like how to use it, it seems to be still hard for some people to understand. So, um, you know, so, so how would you explain that to somebody? Like, what's the best way you found? I feel like the most important thing I've done with my previous year, and this might be why I don't get yelled at as much is adding a point distribution chart at the top, showing that this is your chance of getting under 70. This is your chance of getting over 80. If you're say the Red Wings and your chances of getting, over 90 or almost nil, but it's really showing that there's all these different realities and the number at the top is merely the average one. There's many ways a season can go. And I went on to Oilers now with Bob Stoffer uh, when the Oilers preview came out. And before I went on the radio, I was just chatting with him about my preview last year, which said the Oilers were a bubble team. And he was one of the more vocal proponents against that because the Oilers were just coming off a big 104-point season or whatever. And he just asked me, like, 
how the model works in a few words, just like as a practice run before I go on the radio, just see if I can mm-hmm. explain it uh, easily for the average person to understand. And as soon as I told him that I ran the numbers a hundred thousand times and the num the average number was just what generally happens and that there's a large like chance of other things happening. Uh, it like clicked to him, like what the model was doing and that I wasn't saying the Oilers were going to be a 93 point team. I was saying that their chances of being a hundred point team are much smaller than some people think. Cause some mm-hmm. people thought it was a big certainty. And that's the other thing that I've seen, especially with looking at the distributions of answers from the polls is that, the ranges are much tighter for a lot of teams where they think a team will be anywhere between, let's say, 100 and 110 points when really the range is like 80 to 120, realistically. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Tom, is there one piece of uh, stat that uh, is missing or is undefined that could make your that in your mind you think would make your models better? Or I mean, I, I think they're already airtight, but is there... <laughs> Is there, is there, I mean, don't get me wrong, like I, I've already said a couple of times, I read the Red Wings one and it, it was like, it was almost the come to Jesus moment where you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But in, in your mind, like, do you think this is as best as you can get it? Or is there, if only you had access to, to another thing, like, do you think it might be a little bit more clear? Uh, there's definitely room for improvement, especially since I've always been clear that my model is a simple one like there are other war models that go a bit more in depth to really piece together who's contributing and whatnot and mine is simply going off basic box score stats and still works surprisingly fine like i know i've talked to the evolving wild twins and they put like all this effort into this really cool war model and they are right now just super annoyed by how close game score just happens to be <laughs> for projecting success <laughs> And they just don't understand because it's so simple and rudimentary, but it just seems to work. But I think recognizing its flaws is helpful, especially in writing. And this year, for when I was going through each team, I made sure to look at uh, the viz that uh, CJ Torturo, I think that's his last name, yeah. that he made using Corey Schneider's data. And like for every player, I'm just looking like, okay, is there something that's not being explained with current numbers? Um and just looking at their zone entries, their shot assists, their zone exits, their denials, just to see who's sort of driving the bus. Hmm. And those are all things that would be great for my model and really improve just to sh- like really show who's actually the one doing all the work. And it's just something where the NHL just has a data problem where there isn't enough to go by. And that's just on offense on defense it's a whole another story where like my model really struggles with figuring out defensive impacts it's biased towards offense but it's just that there isn't that many there aren't that many defensive mind stats and even if we had player tracking it would be something that would be very difficult to suss out to begin with because defense is the absence of something and not something that players specifically do a lot of the time yeah yeah i think um for me personally, I'm I'm really glad to hear you say uh, what you said about how you know your game score model is not the most sophisticated, uh, but how it seems to work you know just as well uh, as 
as like you said, you know, the EW, uh, the Evolving Wild Twins, uh, who, by the way, are twins. Uh, they are they are fantastic people. Um, I, I got to meet them. Uh, and actually, CJ Tatura, like you said, he was, uh, when, when I was in Rochester for the conference, he was uh, he was a guest on the show, uh, him mm-hmm. and uh, Matt Barlow together. Uh, so that, that was really fun. But, um, you know, so as somebody who, uh, you know, basically I've been writing for the site for two years, and when I came on board, I really liked what Prashanth was doing. And I had never, like, I obviously follow, I mean, I follow hockey since I was, I don't know, four, but Mm -hmm. I I never really had gotten into the advanced statistics or or whatever you want to call them. And I started reading some of Prashant's stuff and and it was cool because like, I got to know him now that we're, you know, at the time we were writing for the same site and, uh, you know, he was, he was fantastic. He, uh, you know, he like, you know, I, uh, I was writing an article and I was like, can I call you and have you help me with some of this stuff? And he like, you know, gave up his time and, and helped me out a lot. Um, but yeah, so basically the last two years, I've been kind of picking up little things here and there and figuring out how everything works. But I've just started to kind of get more serious into it. And I'm really happy to hear that um, you don't you, you don't necessarily have to have some kind of super complicated uh uh, model to to be able to 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 do some work here. Um, what I wanted to do right now, just to make sure that we have enough time to talk about this, is I wanted to talk about uh, the fantasy hockey pro- uh, projections. Okay, so um, I think I've I've gotten these for I want to say the last two years, um, and I've I've really enjoyed them. So it's it's going to be awesome to get to talk to you about it. Um, so like I said before, the site is fantasyhockeyprojections.ca. And um, I know, Dom, I know you said that you were you're going to donate the first twenty five hundred dollars that you get to to charity. Have, have you reached that yet or are you still still working on that? Uh, yeah, I reached that uh, pretty quick, like surprisingly quickly. I'm not going to lie. Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah. So it was just really amazing just to see the response that I got. And I mean, I, I wish I could give more. And I think last year I did. It's just. Last year, I had no expenses, so there was no problem with me just, like, giving half away and said, I'm going to be a good person. But now I have rent to pay, and I would just <laughs> like to uh, be a little more secure as a as a millennial living in the city because it's it's harder out here. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Of, I've heard they do have some uh, fantastic pajamas. So that's that's that, that's something to, uh, but yeah. So um, the thing that I really found interesting because I've been playing fantasy hockey for for a while, and I kind of felt like an like I I, I kind of had one of those moments where you read something or somebody tells you something, and it seems like it should have been so obvious to you, and you didn't realize it, and you're kind of like, huh? I I feel almost bad that I didn't think about it this way. Um, so. In your projections, right, you use the concept of uh, value over replacement player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so rather than like I like I said, from reading about it and, and you know, uh, you know, seeing how your rankings work, I, I'm pretty sure I have a good understanding of it. But just to make sure I don't mess it up. So so what is that concept and, and how does it help? Like, how does it help with these projections or, or how, do, how, how how would it help somebody who buys these projections um, to, to have a good fantasy hockey draft? The thing with fantasy hockey is that it's not fantasy football, which is standardized for everyone. Like, if you talk to someone playing fantasy football, you have a good sense of what their league is like because it's very probable their league is exactly like yours. 
Like you might say, is there a league of PPR league? And they might say yes or no, and that'd be like the only real difference. For hockey, there's just so many different ways of going about things, like from categories to league setup to the scoring system, where it would it wouldn't really help you much to look at someone's top two hundred rankings or whatever on the internet because it might be for a completely different league that from yours. And Yahoo or ESPN, they obviously have their standard setups, but a lot of the time their standard standard setups are awful, and you want to customize a hockey league to better reflect what you personally value because there's a lot of things that you could do. So I think in those standard leagues, there's things like plus minus. Uh, before this year, uh, there was penalty minutes. I think they changed that to hits or something like that. And you may not want that in your league because you don't want to reward um, someone who just bangs off people all game, like, it doesn't really make sense. I personally would never put hits in my league, but that's up to them. But the thing is, you want rankings that are tailored to your league, and that's the goal of what I'm doing, which is taking all your scoring settings and ranking players based on that. And the issue with that is you can't just rank by fancy points because there's also position scarcity to account for. And that's where VORP comes in, where you want to sort of rate each player based not on how many points they'll get you, but how many points they'll get over a replacement level player at that position. Mm. Right. So, um, you know, so sometimes a, uh, a center... You know, if you're looking between a center and a defenseman and like, you know, let's say you're, you know, close to the beginning of the draft, especially if you're in, in, a, in a keeper league, right? You know, when you can hold on to players from year to year, um, it could be the case that even though the center might be ranked higher, that because there's, you know, there's not really that many high scoring defensemen that the defenseman might end up being more valuable because in the next round you can get a center that's going to be maybe not as good, but it's the drop-off is not that much. Like, like, is that a good way to kind of explain it? Yeah, that's exactly it. So if you're, say, in a 12-person league and there's two center slots and four defense slots, you're looking at comparing the 25th center to the 49th defenseman or whatever. So maybe, uh, for example, Taveras gets more points than Eric Carlson. I mean, it's very probable because he's a four and he's probably going to be around point per game. But in terms of comparing Tavares to the 25th center, who might be, I don't know, I'm scrolling down a bit, Hmm. someone like uh, Bergeron or Monaghan, and then you compare Carlson to some guy who might be, who might not even be on the top power play because teams don't do 2D on the power play anymore. So there's just a much bigger divide between Carlson and that guy than Tavares and whoever the other first-line center is that will be available later. So, um, Dom, with with all of that information in mind and, and, and how long you've been doing this, and, and I guess, Pete, this question could be for you as well, um, is the magic still there for you? Like, do you still get enjoyment out of, uh, out of doing all this? I mean, I would assume that the answer is mostly yes, but, like, for myself, like, I, I've played fantasy hockey for about, like, you know, like three, four years in a row, and it was just kind of, like, more of the same. <laughs> like, like the snake draft, I was, like, disappointed, and, and then, like, e- even when the the draft was either traditional or other things, 
So in, in your opinion, do you think that there's enough left in the current way uh, fantasy leagues are set up to, to like always be exciting and fun or uh, I don't know. Like, do you, do you think it's maybe coming close to a point where maybe we need to start to get creative with how we structure leagues? Like, Oh, uh, I'm going to be in a league where you can only have fourth liners or, you know, Hey, uh, or, or just defensemen, or you can only do backup goalies. Um, you know, just, uh, I, I guess I'm curious, like, it, like, do you think, and I guess I didn't really, I, I kind of asked this for like some of my fantasy baseball friends, but you know, do you, do you think things are good or, or like, or, or do you think we're approaching a point where we're going to have to be like, uh, you know, think outside the box? I feel like fantasy is really fun when you're winning, and the fact that it doesn't sound like you're having much fun uh, says it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fa- that's fair. I mean, that's not. I, I wasn't coming on here saying you know I, I I'm I'm the king of everything and <laughs> and whatnot, but you know I, I I guess I was just wondering you know there's you know yeah it, it is really nice looking down <laughs> and and seeing and seeing where where everyone's going. I, but you know again, first of all, I, I would like to say. Thank you for the, for the insight that you're giving me because maybe this year, you know, if I can, you know, if I if I actually find the time because uh, Pete had offered me a spot and, you know, I just uh, I, I I I don't know I, I feel like a little bit and I've been on the I've been on the sidelines for too long I don't know if I can mm-hmm. just I don't know if I can just put myself out there again right like yeah. like Michael Scott's like yep I am no doubt about it I am ready to get hurt again <laughs> so. Um, uh, again, uh, everything you've said so far is is obviously more information than I've had to go on in in quite some time. So, um, you know, I, I I I guess in 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 your mind, like, does does it uh, for for someone who doesn't win, what is what is the best pep talk you can think of? <laughs> like, what is um, what best, what can you what can you give? Uh, best pep talk is get good. Is <laughs> all it is. Um, but honestly, yeah. you do bring up some good points because I've had to deal with that in my own leagues where uh, people are losing interest halfway through the league because it is a already a foregone conclusion of who's going to win and the season is just so long. And so mm. you tweak the format to make it more exciting. And uh, like, for example, the first years of my league, I literally just did a straight up points league. Whoever had the most points wins. And after two or three weeks, if you're at the bottom, you're pretty much royally screwed already. And after two months, if you're at the top, you're probably smooth sailing. So it helps because you get the best team winning. So it is a good meritocracy, but it's not as fun. So we changed it to head-to-head points where it's the same thing, except you have to be consistent all year and beat other teams. And it brings the trash talk element into it, obviously. (laughs) It made it a lot more fun especially with the playoff format so you don't even need to be first at the end of the year you just have to get in and then see what happens and that's helped a lot and what i also have is a keeper league so if you're at the bottom you're just hoping for a good draft and you can trade for draft picks and tank and there's some fun in that as well and i do agree you need to be creative so 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 it's fun for everyone in the league but it does help to be at the top. <laughs> Perfect. That that is, I, I just yeah. just like staring in the face of cold cold, cold hard facts of your of your uh, draft of your uh, season projection. That's yeah. There there is some comfort in knowing the inevitable, so I appreciate that. Now I say like absolutely. When I heard you say uh, you say get good, it gave me a flashback 
to um, I'm going to use my uh, my 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 Mitch Hedberg uh, joke structure that I've used several times, which is uh, I played Dark Souls for uh, Dark Souls three for one hour, which is why I didn't play Dark Souls three for two hours, uh, because it just it, it, it turns out that, you know, as much of a video game fanatic as I am, there are some games that are just not for me and. That you know, I mean, obviously, some people love that game or that series. It's it's not really, uh, not really something that I I, I can do. Um, but yeah, I, I really like what you said before um, because as a commissioner um, in my league, it's you know every year it's it can be tough because I I know last year I kind of got burnt out like about halfway through the year I just um. I don't know. Like I had a lot of stuff going on outside of that. And it was just kind of like, even though it only took me, you know, what, five, 10 minutes a day to really kind of stay up to date. Um, you know, it just, I don't know. It, it got to be like where I was like, Oh, like, do I really need to do this? And, um, <laughs> I, I, I actually thought about stopping and then, and you know, after, after a while I was like, you know, I, I do actually still like it. I do really still like it. So I want to at least keep it going for a little bit, but, um, uh, yeah, because we had the same issue where if you were out of it, then the incentive was to just tank, you know, just totally tank. And so um, what we ended up doing in my league is um, we, uh, we we took a vote on some new rules. And, and one of the rules that, that passed was uh, uh, if you're because we have a 10 team league and six teams make the playoffs. So four teams don't. Mm-hmm. And basically we had uh, if you don't make the playoffs, then your your uh the, the number of points you earn in the last four weeks of the season determines your first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. you know so the incentive is to do really well so that you can get that number one but um all the other rounds stayed the same and it's, it's a keeper league so it doesn't snakes you know so it's like you know if you if you finish last i mean you might end up picking second or third overall but you're still going to get that first round pick yeah. every other time and um Hopefully, I mean, you know, we'll see how that works this year. I think it's, I think it's a pretty good idea. But um, yeah, that's, um, honestly, so, that's what I have in my league, sort of. Uh, yeah. Except instead of the last four weeks, it's a, it's a loser playoffs. So during the same time that uh, everyone is else in the playoffs, the bottom four teams go into something I call the Bros Bowl, which is named <laughs> after someone who was extremely bad at fantasy hockey and left the league <laughs> after finishing last. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> and basically, uh, if you win the tournament, you win the best odds at picking first overall. But if you yeah. lose the tournament, you have to wear a toilet seat to the draft because it's an in-person draft. <laughs> and the toilet seat has, oh, I gotcha. yeah, has yeah. a picture of this man's face. So <laughs> a lot of incentive oh, not, to, uh, not to uh, be the absolute worst. I was gonna say, like, like I kind of feel this is a uh, this is an outtake from the league. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, so so Dom, I have I have one final question for you, and I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, tie it together here. Um, you know, because we talked about uh, your your season previews, your season predictions, um, or you know, season previews. I guess I should say, because uh, well, it's technically a prediction. It's just saying like you know, this is the most likely thing to happen, and the fantasy hockey projections, uh, which again, I'm uh, I'm pulling back from the master Scott Cullen. Is at fantasyhockeyprojections.ca if you haven't already, uh, you know, bought one of those tiers. Um, so. From doing uh, your projections uh, this year, what was 
and it could be one or you know more, but like, what was your biggest surprise that your model predicted? You know, maybe a team that you thought would be worse, and the model predicts that you know maybe that's not the case, or the opposite. Uh, for this year, it's definitely St. Louis and Washington. For St. Louis, I really like their off season, and I think they have a strong core. And the only issue is I'm very skeptical that Jake Allen is any good. But I still think they should have ranked higher than I had them. And for Washington, I mean, they always do better than most models expect during the regular season. And I, the way they played in the playoffs was inspiring because it was a complete turnaround from how they looked during the regular season. Where, honestly, it, it's possible they just coasted through because they have that much talent. I, I think they should have been better ranked as well. Um, on the flip side, it is a little troubling to have Arizona and Buffalo ranked the way they are, but they're young teams on the rise, so maybe it won't be too bad, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, like with me, Arizona is always interesting because um, I, as as we record this, uh, tomorrow we are going to record the rest of the episode, uh, and I know that we are going to spend at least part of the rest of it, if not all of it, because I know we, we uh, Jay and I usually end up going longer than we expect <laughs> in these segments. Uh, but you know, we are going to be talking about our season, our season previews. And I think one of the things that I am definitely going to do is I've I've had a history of like predicting something and being one year mm-hmm. early. Uh, so last year I predicted that this is the year that Arizona makes the playoffs. Um, and you know, tying this back to fantasy hockey, I. Uh, um, I drafted Auntie Ranta and I was like, yes, I really think he's going to do it. And then I was supremely disappointed the first half of the year. And then the second half of the year, I was like, oh, this is what I thought was going to happen. And, you know, because he played really well down the stretch. So, um, you know, so one of the things I'm going to be doing is I am going to be uh, picking this to be Arizona's year to make the playoffs. I'm probably going to be totally wrong, but that's OK, because like you said, last year, everybody was wrong about Vegas, et cetera. So, what <laughs> I mean, pretty much like after last year with Vegas, it kind of feels like all the season preview predictions could just be the shrug yep. emoji, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm actually but, very surprised, but also very grateful to live in the timeline that allowed that to happen. Right. Just every, everybody ate, sure. ate their own crap. That that was my, that was my favorite part. <laughs> my, myself included. I just love looking around and be like, Oh, 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 you too. Oh, you too. Oh, no. <laughs> it was just everybody looking around. And I don't know. I'm surprised they were actually all still a league after this, right? Like, <laughs> it was like just that, like, maybe like shortly after the All Star break, like, they just, like, Jay on right down to her, like, we're getting some uh, some surprising news that every GM has announced they're stepping down after, <laughs> after this season. Uh, pretty much everybody's going to be hitting the reset button because uh, apparently nobody knows anything. <laughs> So welcome, welcome to the new age. <laughs> so um, yeah, so uh, obviously Dom, thanks, thank you again for uh, for joining us. Um, at some time in the future, uh, you know, we'll definitely ask you back to be in the third time uh, guest club. Uh, so once again, uh, just making sure I finish out the. Uh, I, I think I actually did a hat trick of plays. Yes, you did. But um, so f- yeah, so fantasyhockeyprojections.ca. Um, and then on Twitter, you can follow him at Dom Luce Chisholm, which is D-O-M-L-U-S-Z 
C-Z-Y-S-Z-Y-N. And in case you're wondering, yes, I do have his Twitter bio <laughs> up right now. And it's, it, it, is, it is very much enlarged because I do not want to mess anything up. Uh, so, Dom, thank you so much for having uh, thanks us. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it is very jarring to hear people pronounce Z, uh, Z instead of Z because I'm Canadian. And just hearing my name oh. like that is really strange for me. But, yeah. Really? Oh, that's cool. Uh, thanks for having yeah. me, though, yeah. Yeah, my um, uh, I, I'm a high school high school tennis coach, and I do varsity. And this year we have a, a JV coach, and he mm-hmm. is Canadian. And I'm not exaggerating. I, I'm sure you will believe this. Uh, some listeners might not, but I'm sure you will. That yesterday, uh, or uh, I think Thursday, uh, during the warm up, I had just gotten my racket restrung, so I wanted to hit. And so I was like, "Hey, let's go out and hit together." And I swear to God, every shot, he's like, "Sorry, <laughs> sorry." And I'm like, "I'm like, it's okay." <laughs> Oh, that sounds boy. very believable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, like I said, thank you so much for coming. Uh, I think this is an awesome interview, and we look forward to having look you back on. To being back on. Well, once more, we had another awesome interview, Pete. That was really, uh, we're really getting good at this, I think. Yeah. Um, so, once again, thanks to Dom for showing up and giving me the most crucial advice I've ever received, which is just get good. Um, I think it's uh, something to take to heart. And for those listening, you should listen to. So, uh, Pete, it's funny how every uh, outlet or news service will do their season previews. But I, uh, well, something funny happened over the, over the summer. Um, Actually something strange. Uh, Doctor Strange, to be specific. Um, he, uh, the good doctor stopped by my home uh, for reasons that uh, will remain private. Uh, we decided to uh, discuss many a great things, um, you know, kind of the post-Infinity uh, War uh, shenanigans. But he also uh, was uh, is still in possession of his, uh, of his time stone. And uh, I kind of got um, a little curious. And I was like, hey, so I noticed how you were able to view a couple million futures all at once forward in time to view alternate futures to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict how many did you see 14 million 605 how many did we win one so um i was wondering if you could just do a you know if we could just do a generic look into the future just for this season because i thought you know hey everybody does a season preview but what if we jump to the future and just talked about the result right now pete what how 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 do you feel about that i think that sounds fantastic although i i was under the impression that gary bettman had collected the time stone for his uh his lockout uh gauntlet glove no no he only used that to rewind time to the point where it seemed like it would be the most possible for him to get into the hall of fame because okay because from what I understand, this specific point in time was the only place where he could convincingly actually get in and not have the entire league eat itself. So oh, okay. um, uh, it was, uh, I was I was surprised that he relinquished it back to Doctor Strange for to 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 be back in his care. But hey, you know, greed affects people in different ways, right? So. Um, so let's, uh, you know, I, I, I've got the stone right here. Um, so if we just want to, if you're ready, we can jump into the future and, uh, you know, maybe take a look back. How does that work for you? Yeah, right? I, th- I think it sounds great. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm going to turn this thing on. So in okay. three, two, one. 
Okay, wow. Oh man, what a season it was. Right, Pete? Oh man, the uh the summer sun is just beating down on me. Uh, yes, uh here we are uh, now in the summer of 2019. Uh the the uh 2018-2019 season has uh, been done for uh, about a month now and uh we uh, uh have started to kind of uh, gather ourselves uh from from all that happened. There was a lot of uh a lot of things that we expected to happen, a lot of things we didn't expect to happen, but uh, I'm glad that Pete and I were able to experience the exact same season with no disagreements whatsoever. So, Pete, what did you think, uh, you know, like, in, in starting with the review, you know, you have to start at the top and kind of work your way backwards to kind of see how the, how the season went. So, sure. I, I, thought it was, I thought it was really cool to see Tampa Bay win the Cup this year. Wait, wait, Tampa, Tampa Bay win the Cup? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, you, you Pete, we were... <laughs> we watched the same thing. We we both saw that Tampa Bay was the team that won. They huh. they finally they fi- they finally pushed themselves over the hump. No, no, no. Winnipeg won the cup. What are you talking about? Tampa didn't win. The oh, cup. wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. See, I specifically saw Steven Stamkos score in overtime in Game Six for Tampa Bay to finally win the cup. Um. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. What? 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 You were. You diddly dude after me, didn't you? You didn't do it exactly at the right time as I did. I think I think I think I turned the time stone on and the the diddly do uh was it wasn't in sync, which means I think you drifted, so I think you saw a different future. So Oh my god, I Tokyo drifted. Oh man. You never Tokyo drift. Oh no. Okay, well, <sighs> well, obviously, folks, we had uh, planned on a different way of reviewing the season that was, but um, clearly, Pete, now we must compare and contrast um, uh, the different futures that we saw, because <laughs> knowing you, you probably think that yours is the correct future, but I'm here to categorically disagree and say that mine is. But I mean, that can't yeah. that can't hold us from back from having a good conversation. I, I mean, it definitely is, but before, just before we get started, why do you have a goatee? It's kind of weird. I don't think that's important right now. I think just staring in the mirror right now is uh, is all that's important. You know, it's like a, you know, it's nice to be in a universe where things have mirrors, oh, right? Okay. So it's uh, it's nice to actually be able to grow one. So mm-hmm. we'll, interesting. Well, uh, yeah. we'll, 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 I'll, I'll see how long it goes. My okay. my my wife is obviously not a fan, okay. so yeah. we'll uh, we'll obviously revisit its placement. So. Um, Okay, so yeah, so my pick for the, the I mean, I saw it. the 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 lightning was uh was my was my Stanley Cup pick. Um, they uh they they wrote it as 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 far as I thought they would. Um, I was uh, you know, for a team that finished with 113 points the year prior, um, I I, I keep looking at Tampa Bay as the type of team that takes the type takes the type of playoff disappointment and is able to somehow roll it into an energy to to put forth to the next year. Now granted I think a lot of teams are able to do that, but um you know I, I just think under the tutelage of of Eisenman and Breezebois there's uh there's 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 no no playoff disappointment has come with absolutely no learning experiences. So um it was nice to see them actually put all of their energy back into it. And um and uh, win the win the cup. So Pete, regale me with your vision of the future. Um, I'm not sure why. why uh, 
I mean, vision of the future, I mean, it's, it's what happened. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, Patrick Laine, uh, your con Smythe winner, obviously, uh, you know, Winnipeg, uh, you know, they, they had a tough road to the final. Um, they had to, uh, they had to fight off a, a, a tough Vegas team in the, uh, in the Western conference final, which is crazy. Cause everybody's like, ah, they're going to, you know, there, there's no way they could do, you know, do it again. And, and I guess it's true. Cause they didn't get to the Stanley cup final this year, but, um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, f- for a second, I, I just thought you were, you were a little bit, uh, confused about who won because it was, it was Winnipeg that won in six over Tampa. Not, yeah. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's unfortunate. Well, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, see, it's funny because you bring up the topic of confusion because I was um, I was just remarking about how uh, Vasilevsky was um, using the uh, Con Smythe as a frisbee uh, to toss between him and uh, Stamkos uh, on the ice before the cup was handed out because yeah. you know Vasilevsky stood stood on his head and I think that. You know, for a goalie with as cool a name as Vasilevsky, and then he actually has the stats to back it up. I mean, that's why the, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the cup. So, oh, okay, um, all right. You know, so there's that. Um, uh, well, obviously, we are uh, in the interest of time going to obviously still have jabs at one another about which future was uh, more accurate. So, uh, uh, I would like to say that um, you know it was it was really cool to uh, have there be a uh, an Eastern Conference matchup. That uh, did surprise me. Uh, I thought that uh, the ability for uh, Tampa Bay to actually push themselves back in the in the Cup final to actually um, uh, beat Toronto to do it that was that was pretty big. You know, for Toronto to go all the way to the to the conference final, especially uh, after um, you know being weird, <laughs> uh, they uh, they they did they did really nice to to get that far. But uh, yeah, Toronto was uh, was a really nice uh, Eastern. Um, Eastern Conference final matchup, um, and uh, I certainly hope they'll take the lessons that they've learned this year uh, going into the next. Yeah, I mean, I it's, again, I mean, we're we're, we're kind of close, I guess, but um, it was I I got to see I got to see Tampa Bay beat Pittsburgh, and oh yeah, I mean, like, okay, I mean, you can imagine because everybody was like, oh man, Pittsburgh again, come on, like is it, is it going to be three times in four years? You know, we don't need this again. Uh, and you know, it turns out that after, uh, after being eliminated earlier than usual, uh, in recent memory that the, uh, the penguins had, uh, they were able to, to recharge their batteries. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later when we talk about individual things, but, uh, it's getting Malkin had a monster season and, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy in the playoffs here. I mean, there's one game where he basically just carried the team on his back and, uh, so yeah, so they got, they got, uh, they got by Washington again, so all is right. All is right with the world, which uh, makes me think that my my future uh, was correct. Uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like you know the Matrix. There's like little things you check and and, and see, um, or like Inception. You know, with your uh, your totem. And so for me, like Pittsburgh beating Washington is kind of one of those like true North situations where you can use that to just make sure that you are you are navigating <laughs> the correct future. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Hey, so, so how about this? Like, let, let, let's see. Let's see how different this was. Right. So we talked about uh, the, the conference finals, but let's take a step back and just go division by division and talk about how uh, how, how each of the divisions shook out. It's you and I talk about how our how our, our different uh, metropolitan shook out. I I like I said, I've obviously chosen Washington to, to take it all. Um, it was really funny to see uh, 
uh, New Jersey uh, come up in a close second, then followed by Pittsburgh, and then Philadelphia, and then uh, Columbus. Um, Carolina, I think they just pulled up the rear very nicely that last year. And um, I kind of like how the Islanders and Rangers just have decided to hold hands in standings forever now. They just they, they don't want to one-up each other. Like They always tried to stay with the same thing there. So what, 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 how, how did your Metropolitan shake out? Yeah, um, it wasn't. I, I guess it wasn't terribly different, but um, uh, definitely one one big change. I had uh, I, I in, in my world, I saw Pittsburgh. Like I said before, uh, well, actually, technically, they didn't have to win the division to get to the conference final, but uh, Pittsburgh, Washington, and then Columbus uh, were the top three, which was which wasn't too surprising. You know, after after uh, some really surprising results last year. Uh, or I guess two years ago now that the uh, yeah, yeah yeah we are in the future yeah, yeah. that that <laughs> I keep forgetting it's just it's crazy you you think I remember that but um, <laughs> so yeah you know, after having some kind of crazy results uh, it, it settled down a little bit it was a little more predictable this year at least in the metro um, and then uh, Philly Philly uh, you know, Philly really gave Columbus a run for their money down the stretch uh, but Columbus held them off to finish third and uh, then Carolina. Uh, it's, it's crazy every year. It's like, Oh, Carolina is going to take a step forward. But I, uh, in, until, I mean, they, they just don't get solid goaltending. That's the problem. It's, uh, you think they would have, uh, I don't know, made a big move to fix it by now, but yeah, let them down again. And then, uh, New Jersey, New Jersey took a step back. Uh, Taylor Hall still had a, had a very good year. Um, but they didn't really quite replicate the, uh, the kind of lightning strike that they had the year before. And um, and then the Rangers and then the Islanders uh, were your last place team in the Metro. Uh, but um, a, you know, a, a team that loses uh, John Tavares, they uh, they now have a good chance to uh, to replace him with Jack Hughes. So Hughes and Barzal <laughs> could be could be really good together, obviously. So, uh, yeah, so that's my Metro. Um, so what about over in the Atlantic? Well, it's funny you just mentioned Jack Hughes because the way my Atlantic shook out, there was a battle for the last place between the Senators and the Red Wings, and in a in a, a freak show of just just complete futility, uh, the the last game of the season was a matchup between the Senators and the Red Wings, and it went to a shootout, and whoever lost was going to secure absolute last place. Mm-hmm. The shootout went on for. 35 rounds. But uh, at the end of the day, after watching these uh, teams just really, 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 really want to secure a nice draft position, uh, Detroit actually uh, whiffed and uh, lost. So Detroit uh, finished last in the Atlantic, but then obviously, as I just alluded to, they uh, it was just announced because we are in the future right now that they have secured the first overall pick and they uh, will indeed go uh, with uh, Mr. Hughes. So, uh, with uh, you know, with the wings at the bottom, it's uh, it was a rough year for you and I. Uh, uh, I mean, in this timeline, at least, I think it was. Uh, but uh, but after that, it was Ottawa, and then uh, Buffalo took some steps forward. I mean, that's what happens when you get a generational talent like Darlene the year prior. And uh, then after that, uh, it was Florida, uh, Montreal. Crazy enough, um, they uh, they not only named Tatar captain, they gave him a statue by the end of the season. That was. <laughs> That was really cool to see. Um, it's 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 not every day you trade your captain, and then the guy you trade for is then your immediate captain, and then enshrined forever in in, in Canadians' history because he single handedly uh, uh, 
um, pushed them from being, you know, on the brink to actually more than a bubble. So, so that was cool. And then, uh, I mean, it has to be said, uh, you know, uh, uh, Toronto and Boston, just perennial contenders. They, uh, they were able to lock up their spots, uh, pretty well. Um, so it was, uh, it was nice to, to, to see the, the Atlantic shakeout in a way that was uh, not only beneficial for, for me personally, but, uh, for, for all those involved. So, um, it was an exciting finish and, uh, and uh, now I'm just curious as to how your Atlantic shook out. Yeah, I, I, I think if we had started with this, I, I think I would have just assumed that maybe you misspoke a little bit uh, <laughs> on some of this because, um, yeah, I mean, like in, in the real world, it happened pretty, pretty close to that. Um, so Ottawa, of course, without Eric Carlson, um, just plummeted to the bottom and uh, it wasn't really that close. Uh, Detroit, Detroit played better than people expected going into the year. Uh, but they, uh, you know, it, it was a season that, that is going to give you some promise for the future, uh, but not in the standings. Uh, and then Montreal was next Buffalo, um, made, you know, they, they made a big push forward, but it wasn't quite good enough to get them into a playoff spot. Um, but then you had Florida and then, like you said, not really surprising. Boston, Toronto, Tampa. Um, you know, you know, barring some kind of crazy injury, which of course could happen, or or some kind of unforeseen unforeseen event. Uh, you know, people going into the season were pretty pretty sure that it was going to be those three teams in some order, and uh, not surprisingly, they were right. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over to to the central, all right? Because uh, central was interesting. Uh, it's it, it was. Central in the Atlantic, I think, definitely had the battle for the best division because, uh, or like the division that had the best, uh, like top four teams, top four or five teams, and uh, yeah, so so there's definitely some leapfrogging from last year. So uh, Chicago still finished last, right? So so that's good. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota took a, took a step back, right? Minnesota's been uh, been a playoff team or, or really close to it they took a step back and part of it was because of just the competition in their division. It, it's not that they played terribly, but um, they, you know, they're just in a really tough division. Everybody else is really, is, is, this is pretty good. So, uh, so Dallas finished next and then uh, Colorado uh, surprised people and they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs this year as a wild card. Um, it turned out that, uh, that uh, Philip Grubauer was was the answer in goal, and he had a fantastic season for them. Uh, and then going up the list, we have St. Louis, and then at the top, this was a, this was a real battle, but uh, Winnipeg edged Nashville for the Central Division title. Wow, that's um, quite the story <laughs> you, you you drew there. Um, well, I, I, again, uh, we're obviously just, you know, you know, show me mine, I'll show you yours. So uh, um, I, I will say we do agree that uh, that Chicago did did finish uh, last. But then after that, it gets uh, drastically different. Um, huh, uh, after after Chicago, I had um, uh, Colorado. Uh, I don't uh, I, I just there's just uh, there's just something about every time I leap into the future it always is like everything else is in harmony because Colorado is still a flaming wreckage from just years and years and years of rivalries and stuff. So uh, for some reason I still have uh, uh, Colorado not being um, good. <laughs> so, uh, so that's fun. Um, after that, it, uh, you know, it, it then turns into, to, to Minnesota, um, which again, I, I think is actually kind of surprising too, that, it, you know, 
there are some similarities between our timeline here, timelines here, but you know, there's there's some changes because uh, up next, uh, I had uh, I had Dallas finishing a little bit higher because uh, for some reason, by signing uh, Tyler Sagan for eight more years, they unlocked some secret power up that like dropped down from the ceiling. I guess every team has that. So uh, Dallas was able to catapult themselves to uh, to uh, at least make make the playoffs. It was a quick first round exit, but uh, this, that's the type of uh, fun stuff that you uh, uh, come to I- expect from um, uh, the, the the lovely people in uh, uh, the Jim Nill land. So uh, and then uh, after that, I had uh, St. Louis and Winnipeg and Nashville in uh, <clears throat> as as the top three. Um, uh, and, and what's funny is I know I just said that in a particular order, but I was actually saying that for dramatic effect mm-hmm. because it was uh, actually um, uh, Nashville still winning and St. Louis was number two and Winnipeg was number three. So uh, I think that there's a little bit of a hangover from the disappointment for, for Winnipeg and it showed in their playoffs. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think St. Louis has uh, really asserted themselves as the, as the, as the sleeper pick. They, again. They didn't win the cup, but uh, I think they uh, obviously demonstrated that they are uh, way more capable than everyone's letting them uh, on to be. And this season, Pete, uh, at least in my future, they they figured out the reason. Would you would you like to know the reason? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It's because they wore their outdoor jerseys more. Oh. The, the the nice throwback to the to the expansion class, uh, lighter blue with the brighter. Uh, yellow uh, stuff. It, it, it turns out that combination of blue and yellow at that uh, particular shade and uh, tone um, hypnotizes other players. Mm. And uh, the Blues were just able to do a couple of Louisiana moves. Mm. They were just able to blue by you. Oh, so, oh boy! Uh, so there you go. That's 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 how that's how my Western shook out. You know, what? I, I I think you're doing a fantastic job of saying the wrong things first, followed by me saying the right things. So why don't you once again <laughs> tell us about the Pacific? Oh my God! I think. Um... I think I, I need a mo- I need a moment to recover from that. Uh, <laughs> okay, so so the Pacific, uh, not surprisingly, of course, Vancouver finished last, um, followed by L.A. Anaheim. Anaheim dropped down a little bit this year. Their uh, their players are are just getting older, and they. Uh, um, you know, they, they need to t- take a step into the future. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in that team long term. Uh, Arizona took a step forward. They're not all the way at the bottom. They're not all the way down there. Um, and they they really pushed for a playoff spot, but they lost it uh, to the wild card Edmonton Oilers, who finished fourth. They uh, they rebounded a little bit. Cam Talbot was was much more like the Cam Talbot of a couple seasons ago, as opposed to the Cam Talbot of the prior season. Uh, and then we had, we had Calgary again, speaking of, uh, speaking of teams moving up, we had Calgary and then the Vegas golden Knights. I, I don't even know if it's, I don't even know if we can say they surprised everyone, but to, you know, two years ago when we did this, uh, we did our season previews. Everybody was saying no way Vegas is going to do it. And now it's, it's, you know, when, when you're, you know, looking back and trying to figure out what's Vegas going to do this year. It's tough because uh, if you if you before this season if you bought into them, you run the risk of looking like a fool if they if they regress, which seems likely. But I don't know. I mean, there just seems to be some kind of magic out there in Vegas land, and uh, 
so yeah, they rode that. Uh, they 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 pushed San Jose, but San Jose, with the addition of Eric Carlson, uh, was able to to hold them off and uh, catapult to the top of the Pacific Division. Well, I, I'm glad that there's actually something we can agree on, um, because uh, at least in my uh, vision of the future, the uh, San Jose Sharks as well took took top spot, followed shortly by. Uh, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, surprisingly, uh, Los Angeles uh, finished uh, third because, um, you know, uh, nothing makes sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Quick uh, uh, was able to tap back into his Lazarus pit powers and actually be uh, quite crazy. And um, there's something about, you know, having a Rocket Richard season from Ilya Kovalchuk that, uh, that will really send you – send you deep into the playoffs there. So um, good, good, good for the LA Kings to, uh, you know, establish dominance again. Um, the Ducks in Calgary. Wow. What a, that, that, you know, I, I don't think I've seen a more heated matchup for, for season series before PD. Cause uh, to finish, uh, to finish fourth and fifth, that was, um, that was a lot. It was uh, completely ridiculous. Um, we obviously think, I obviously thought they were going to, uh, finish a little bit uh, differently, but uh, to finish deadlocked pretty much next to each other in the standings. I mean, that was, that was a powerhouse matchup uh, that I've always uh, found um, legal and completely available streams to, to watch. <laughs> uh, it was pretty funny to see Edmonton finish. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, finish sixth. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, I guess in my universe, the uh, Oilers are s- still. Uh, what 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 was it that Herb Brooks said? You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Mm. Uh, I think that's uh, the been the curse of Edmonton for uh, forever, and um, it continues to show. Uh, surprisingly, um, uh, uh, we also agreed that uh, I, I think we both had. Uh, I think we also both had uh, Arizona and Vancouver ranked uh, the same because Arizona was able to uh, squeak in at seven, and then uh, Vancouver was just uh, just content. They they were just out there having fun, <laughs> right? They're just out there, just going to play it. You know, no no pressure. You know, hey, let's just let's just develop Brock Besser. You know, let's just uh, be uh, all we can be uh, for now, and then um, you know, and then we'll then we'll, we'll get better later. Yeah. It's all right. Well, uh, yeah, there's always brighter days. Yeah. So, um, so we're we're starting to get to the point where we got to wrap this 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 segment up. But man, I wish uh, I wish we could just talk more about what what happened. But um, so 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 let's just do this. Uh, what was what was the the craziest thing that happened in in your future? Uh, well, the craziest thing that happened, I, and I know I alluded to it with uh, with with Kovalchuk because uh, you know I I said a Richard like season from Kovalchuk but in fact uh, the biggest surprise was Philip Zadina scoring 98 goals oh my god 98 goals 98 goals he, he that's right gotten two more he, he could not he could not have gotten one more because what he wanted to do is he wanted to be just one shy because he didn't I mean he already broke Gretzky's record but um he just thought symbolically it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have uh it wouldn't have been proper, mm. you know. The, the the Wayne Gretzky still holds a phenomenal place in everyone's heart. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Philly Zadina set a, a new scoring record by uh, just completely obliterating the uh, the goal scoring pace because that's what happens when you pass over him. The previous five teams, 
So, um, yeah, that was that was my craziest thing. I mean, I thought he was going to do well, but I didn't think he was going to do uh, that. So, yeah. Uh, what about you? Well, I, I thought I thought it was kind of crazy that the the initial decided that there needed to be a new a new award uh, given out at the end of the year. And oh yes, so it's, okay, it's, it's kind of a t- it's kind of a variation on the you know how like uh, you know how the Selkie is the best defensive forward, right? So okay, so they kind of they 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 flipped it and reversed it here a little bit, and. Uh, so, so this year was the first year that they awarded the, the Tom Wilson award for the most offensive player, which was crazy because it was, um, it was Tom Wilson won it. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, and, uh, I mean, Brad Marchand, he, he gave him a real big run for his money, but, uh, but, uh you know, Tom Wilson's third suspension of the year, um, which, which was, uh, I think it was six games total, uh, was just a, um, it, it, it just, it, you know, it was, it was neck and neck with Marchand. Um, and I mean, I don't know about you, but I think, I think that this is, this creates kind of a dangerous incentive for, uh, for players to continue playing this way. Uh, but, but it's weird. The NHL doesn't really seem to care about that that much. So, um, but yeah, I, I thought that was a, that was a crazy development. And, um, you know, for a second, I was like, man, I, I, I really need to, to check and see if, uh, if Pittsburgh beat Washington this year, so I can make sure that I'm in, in a, in a proper reality. Yeah, true. Uh, but I also will say that it is actually a tremendous honor to win the award after which you are named. Exactly. Not a lot of people get to do that. Yeah. Not a lot of people get to do that. Exactly. So. I mean, actually, uh, the Red Wings can have that happen if something happens to Jack Adams' career and he becomes a coach. He could win the Jack Adams award. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I, that's very true. I'm sure I'm the first person to say that. <laughs> the <Today>. first ever. <laughs> yeah, today. Yeah, yes. So 12 o'clock Eastern. Well, yeah. It, okay. So yeah, this is a um, this is a f- completely outlandish, confusing, but still kind of clear picture of what we uh, deemed the uh, 2018-2019 NHL season. So um, uh, we're going to enjoy the summer, but uh, yeah, let's 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 see if we can bring back this knowledge to us uh, in, in the past. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the time stone on again. So if you just to make sure mm-hmm. that you are going to come back to the same timeline as me, Pete. Okay. I need you to diddly do yeah. at the same time. Okay. 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 No, you no, ready? Wait, All right. So. Wait, wait, wait. I don't want to. I don't want to make a mistake again. How many times are we going to do it? Uh, okay. So it's uh, 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 let's do it four times because okay. I think the four times is roughly like two months each or something like that. Okay. So. Yeah. I, 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 right. th- that definitely checks out in my uh, in my time four. machine time book. So. All right. Sure. Yep. Here we go. Yep. Everything. Everything is solid when it comes to time machines. Right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, three and two. And a one. Oh wow! That was that was a trip. I'm I'm really glad that we were able to to see those. So I'm that was that was fantastic, man. That was yeah. Yeah. Well, again, we were. It was it was a strange time, but. There was uh, uh, there was a lot to be gleaned, and I think the the information that we have now uh, will certainly help us. I mean, so yeah, it's nice to know that we have this information to uh, to use now. Um, I, I don't know, P. Maybe we can give uh, give this information to our uh, to our general manager Ken Holland. Maybe he with uh, yeah view of the future, he'll he'll happen. Hey, say, do you want to do you want to check if uh, what uh, I don't know? Has he made any deals in the time that we were gone? Is there uh, did he did he cut anybody? Maybe, let me check. Let me check. 
Hold on, enhancing. Yeah. Uh, wait. Whoa. 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 Hold on. Hold on. Uh, dude. Hold on. Here. Check. Check this link. I'm. What? Check this link. I'm sending you. Something. Okay. Uh, oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh god. We didn't diddly do right. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, well, folks. Apparently, we've uh, been talking to you from a timeline because apparently. Sergey Fedorov has been the Wings general manager for the last 15 years. Um, okay, Pete. Well, all right. Well, the only thing that can can change this is if we go back further and stop ourselves from going into the future. Is that is, 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 is it's going to be weird to have to kill yourself? But uh, I, tr- I trust me, it it works out. Oh and every time machine movie that this has ever been done in, it all works out for the better. Okay. So you know where you were in the thing, okay? Right? Oh God! All right. <laughs> all right, all right. So, like, everybody, just do. Do we want? Do we want to wrap this up? Because what if we do kill ourselves, yeah. and then then the show isn't. So, do we want to yeah. thank people one last time, yeah. and then maybe if we do come back, we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do we'll, so we'll do a really quick, uh, quick one. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll be back at you uh, in, in in a, a normal timeline uh, in in about two weeks. But uh, again, special thanks to uh, to Dom Luce Chisen um, for uh, for being our our third returning guest, which is fantastic. Um, if oh my god, in this timeline, Dom is the editor in chief of all of the Athletic. What? Oh my god, we have to change. Go ahead, just just go ahead. We're gonna fix it. Just continue with the closeout. Continue with the closeout. All right. So uh, so if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at P Flynn Hockey. If you want to follow Jay, you can follow him at the Roar underscore twenty four. Uh, if you want to follow our podcast, it's at 200 foot pod. That's two zero zero F T P O D. And uh, if you want to support the podcast or uh, promote the podcast with some, with some merchandise, you can go to tinyurl.com slash for shirt, which is F E R S H I R T. And um, actually yeah, in the mailbag, we, we didn't get any mailbag questions this week. So, you know, make sure, make sure you send some next time, but uh, we did get a really nice, a uh, really nice comment from a listener who said that they bought a shirt and they really like it. So, uh, that is fantastic. Um, so, but that's even weirder, Pete, because if I'm looking at this correctly, apparently in this timeline, Twitter likes is now the currency of the planet, and that's how they bought their shirt. We have to change this. This is not good. We screwed up. Oh God! All right. Okay. Well, till next time. Well, hopefully next time, right? That's yeah. it's all right. So all right, Pete. Well, we got to diddly do out, all right? Right? Yep. right. So, okay. So we're gonna do this three times. Yeah. Three right, times, so okay. The three yeah, times, three right. times. It's just I think we don't have to go back as far. Yeah. So all right, so three and two and a one. <laughs> oh, I did it in action. No. For sure. 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 For sure.
for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure.